Welcome to the Vine at Life podcast. This is a podcast for young adults based out of Life Baptist Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. Our goal is to help young adults grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ and effectively communicate the faith. For more information about our young adult community, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Vine at Life or email us at the Vine at LifeBaptistChurch.com. Now, here is your host, Pastor Chuck. Each year, we take time to celebrate various holidays. Here in the U.S., we have significant events such as Memorial Day, Independence Day, Labor's Day, Veterans Day, and so many more. These holidays serve as a reminder of what has happened in the past. And these reminders also help us because we understand where we have been and where is it that we are going. Therefore, celebrating such holidays grants understanding for future generations as well. Several times in the Bible, people are commanded to retell the story of a specific event when their children ask, what is the meaning of it? We see this in Exodus chapter 12, verse 26, Joshua chapter 4, verses 6 and 21, and other places in the Bible where the children are asking, what is the meaning of these stones? What is the purpose of this event? Why do we normally eat this on these days, but tonight we're eating this? So this tells us at least two things in celebrating specific events. Number one, when celebrating such events, they are to be abnormal from our daily routines so that inquiring minds may ask and we can provide the information for the reason of this sudden change. And number two, they are spending significant time remembering the purpose of the event and sharing why it is worth celebrating in the first place. Now, in regards to the Christian faith, this week is most significant and is worth celebrating because this is the Passion Week. This is the week in which we celebrate and remind ourselves of Jesus's final week before he was crucified and died. And spoiler alert, he rose from the dead and is alive today. Now, during the Passion Week, one of the holidays that the Jewish people celebrated was Passover. And this Thursday, April 6th, our Vine community will be celebrating a Passover meal. We will be breaking from our normal routine of starting the night off with worship songs, announcements, challenge questions, and then a walkthrough of the book of Romans. And we will be having a Seder meal. Now, let me clarify. A Seder meal is just a Jewish ritual service or a ceremonial dinner for the first night or the two nights of Passover. Now, let me also be clear. We will not be going two nights. Our Passover meal will be at an hour and a half to two hours at the most, depending on how many questions you all have in regards to the Passover meal that you are allowed to ask. Because during the Passover meal, there is a portion where the children would ask questions. So I encourage you, bring your questions, ask your questions during that time. Now, if you did not attend last Thursday, but you wish to participate in our Seder meal this Thursday, it is imperative that you do the homework that will be given at the end of this podcast. Now, if you are unable to attend, my prayer is that the information that is given in this podcast would bless you and you would benefit from the perspective that the Jewish people had going into Passover and that we as Christians now have because Jesus is our Passover lamb. Now, like I said earlier, the children would ask questions about the meaning of celebrating holidays or events. So what is the reason we should celebrate Passover? I'm glad you asked. Here are three reasons that I would like to give you that the Jewish people had in celebrating Passover that mirrors why we should celebrate it. So here are reasons for Passover. 
when celebrating the Passover, the Jewish people were reminded of the bitterness and the slavery from which Yahweh saved them from. We see this instituted in chapter 12 of Exodus. Now, if you've been reading the Bible chronologically this year or a Bible in a year plan, you've already read through the Exodus. But it is so important to be reminded of this, especially during the Passion Week, because this is something that they would have been celebrating, that they would have been reminding, that they would have been telling their kids about. And it reminds us that we have been delivered from death by a perfect substitute whose blood was shed as a sacrifice for our sins. Now, this term Passover comes from Exodus chapter 12, when the Lord instituted Passover. He gave them guidelines. He gave them rules to follow in order to be passed over because of the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, it says this, And the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And I will see the blood and I will pass over you. And there shall be no plague among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now, nine of the 10 plagues have already started and the 10th plague was about to happen. But they were to take a lamb and they were to have the blood of the lamb put on their doorpost and on the lintel on the top post. And they were to be inside. So when the Lord saw the blood, he would pass over and they would not suffer the loss of their firstborn. And they were to remember this. They were to be in this mindset that, yes, the Lord passed us over because we remained obedient and we did exactly what he told us to do in Exodus chapter 12. So they would be telling their kids all of these things. And we, too, need to be reminded of the blood that was shed that covers us as Christians. So when we're celebrating Passover, our number one reason is to be reminded, to remember from which Yahweh saved us from to remember that Jesus Christ died for our sins and his blood covers us. Therefore, we don't have to suffer the, the, the punishment of death. We don't have to suffer the condemnation that is incurred on because of the sin. Jesus paid it all. Number two, the Jewish people renounced. They renounced all of their former ways and replace that with Yahweh's future for them. Now, it is often said that God had to take the Israelites out of Egypt, but he also needed to get the Egypt out of the Israelites. So this shows us the significance of the 12 plagues. Now, these were not arbitrary plagues. They all had a purpose in, you know, showing the impotence of the Egyptian deities that they would serve. All of these deities the Lord Yahweh wanted to make sure that they had no power and that the Israelites knew that these gods or these false idols had no power. So we see in Exodus chapter 12, verses 14 through 25, that the water, the first plague, water turning water into blood, because the Egyptians believed that they had a God who was the guardian over the river and the spirit of the Nile. And then Horus, whose blood was the Nile and Yahweh turning water into blood, defeated that. Also in Exodus chapter eight, verses one through 15, the, the second plague of frogs shows the impotence of one of their other um, deities that had the head shape of a frog. Then the third plague, the, the plague of lice revealed the impotence of the God of earth that they would serve. We see this in Exodus chapter 8 verses 16 through 18 
Yahweh once again denounced and showed the impotence of that deity. And then the fourth plague, the flies. They, they had a God of flies that they would serve in Egypt. But yet in Exodus chapter 8, verses 20 through 32, Yahweh showed that he is even the one that controls the flies of the earth. And then in Exodus chapter 9, verses 1 through 7, the fifth plague, we see the disease of the cattle. The Egyptians had a, a God that was associated with bulls and cattle, and yet Yahweh proved that he is even in charge of that. He controls all of that. He can bring health and he can bring disease, and the Egyptian gods could do nothing about it. The sixth plague, the plague of boils. We see in Exodus chapter 9, verses 8 through 12. It shows the impotence of their God that they served that was a God of healing, but yet it could not heal the boils that Yahweh put on the people. And then in Exodus chapter 9, verses 13 through 15, the seventh plague, the hail mixed with fire because the Egyptians had a architectural deity and, and a deity of the, um, the atmosphere and wind and sky. And Yahweh once again defeated that because they could not stop the hail with uh, fire that was mixed. They could not change the weather, but yet Yahweh, our God, was able to. And then we also see the eighth plague in Exodus chapter 10, verses 1 through 20. The swarm of locusts. The Egyptians, yes, they had a God that they served that would protect them from locusts, that would protect their crops. And yet Yahweh proved that it is him who is the ultimate provider. And then the ninth plague of darkness. Exodus chapter 10, verses 21 through 29. You guys may be familiar with the sun god Ra of the Egyptians. Yahweh proved that he controls light. He controls darkness. He controls it all. And the sun god that they would worship had no power whatsoever. So therefore, Yahweh defeated that. Then in Exodus chapter 11 through 12, we see the final plague being commenced, which is the death. Of the firstborn son, which once again, we need to remember that um, Pharaoh ordered the death of the firstborn of every son. So it was even defeating in Pharaoh. Now, once again, the significance of all of these plagues was not just to have plagues for plague's sakes, but also to get Egypt out of the Israelites. Not only did God need to save them from the land, but he also needed to save them for what they were worshiping in that land, what they were trusting for in that land. And this was all to show that Yahweh, our God, is above and beyond and more powerful than any false idol and any deity. And that's another thing that we need to renounce as well. We need to renounce self, <laughs> this false idol of thinking that we are our own God. We are not. We need to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is more powerful than anything that we can imagine. He is the provider. He is the one that can heal. He is the one that provides living water for us all. And yet, we need to submit to that because we have a, a tendency to be an idol factor. We have a tendency to raise up other gods that are no gods at all. So therefore, those are something that we need to renounce as well. So not only do we need to remember we also need to renounce and hold to the future that our God has for us. And then, just like the um, Jewish people, we need to rejoice. Rejoice in Yahweh's saving grace. 
We rejoice because God saves us. He sent his son to die on the cross for our sins that we rightfully deserve. And that is worth rejoicing. He offers eternal life to all of those who would repent of their sin and place faith in him. And he saves once and for all. And it's so interesting because right after the Passover was instituted, the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread was also instituted. And the Feast of Unleavened Bread reminds us of what God wants to do once he has saved us, not only for us to be saved, but also to live a sanctified life, becoming more and more free from sin. So we can rejoice in this aspect that our God saves and he sanctifies. So as we begin to think about this Passion Week, our mindset needs to be set aright because we need to understand the reason for Passover it is to remember, it is to rejoice and it is to, re- no, it is to remember to renounce and rejoice. When we have our mindset on all of these things, we start this week with a proper perspective. And it's not too late to start. You can remember the saving grace that our God did when he died on the cross. You can renounce your old way of living, bow the knee and submit to him wholeheartedly. And you can rejoice in the simple fact that he is the savior. He's the Lord. He, his blood covers us and removes our sins and washes us clean. We can rejoice because of what he did on the cross. Now, if you want to look up more information about the Passion Week, I highly encourage you just to study Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through uh, 29, Mark 14, 22 through 25, Luke 22, 14 through 23, and John 13, 1 through 5. This talks about the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples before he was crucified. And this will give you a taste of what we are going to be celebrating this Thursday. And I highly encourage you to to focus on this because I have three homework assignments for you. And these three homework assignments are for all of those who desire to participate with this Passover meal this Thursday, April 6th. The first thing that I want you to do as homework is to examine yourself. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, the Apostle Paul says, test yourself to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourself. Or do you not recognize about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail the test? Listen, we need to test ourselves because as part of our Seder meal, we will be taking communion and we do not take the Lord's communion in an unworthy manner. We want to be those who proclaim his death until he comes. And that is what this um Uh, Communion signifies that we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. So therefore, we need to set ourselves aright. You can come and observe the Passover with us and not partake in communion because you maybe have yet to repent of your sin and place faith in Jesus Christ. But what I want you guys to do this week as we prepare is examine yourself just like the Um, Israelites did, just like the Jewish people did during Passover. There were certain things that they had to prep for. With any other holiday that we celebrate, there are certain preparations that are needed. Nobody decorates for Christmas on Christmas. Oh, I guess I better put up the tree and the lights. No, there's always preparations for all of that stuff. And here's how the Israelites, um, the, the Jewish people, they prepared for the Passover. Number one, they had to kill the lamb. 
they, they weren't going to kill the lamb that day. They had to, they had to prepare for all of this and they killed the lamb. What is our version of killing the lamb? Recognizing the lamb has already been sacrificed. The lamb has already been killed. His blood has already been shed. Jesus is our Passover lamb. It is the recognition that Jesus is the son of God and he is the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. So examine yourself. Do you believe that? Do you trust in that? What's the next way? They applied the blood. They had to put the blood on the doorpost and on the lintel. Has the blood of Jesus been applied to your life? Have you submitted yourself? Have you confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord of your life and is the Savior? If not, I would encourage you to really, really repent, to to get in a right relationship with him by turning from your past life, applying the blood in full submission to his will over yours. Allow him to be the Lord of your life. Do not quench the spirit. Continue to, to walk in the way that he has called you to. Apply the blood. And then the third thing they did was stay inside. <laughs> they would need to have stayed inside because if they would have went outside, then the angel of death would have gotten their firstborn. So what is our version of staying inside, abiding in Christ? We need to remain in him. If you recognize that Jesus is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, you've repented of your sin and placed faith in him. And that's applying the blood then remain in him. Stay inside. Stay connected to Christ. That's your first homework assignment to examine yourself. The second homework assignment, I'm asking that on Wednesday at 7.15 p.m., you fast until our Seder. So that will be a 24-hour fast because at 7.15 on Thursday, we will be shutting the door. We will be making sure that we as a family are collectively doing this together. So I'm, I'm requesting that you fast and pray for 24 hours leading up to the Seder meal. Now, the practice of fasting is to abstain from food. Um, you can drink water. Please drink water. Don't want anyone getting dehydrated and falling down on me. But um, to abstain for food. And for a period of time. So a designated time that we are preparing for. And that is going to be 7.15 p.m. on Wednesday for a whole 24 hours. Now, the benefits of fasting is we are giving up a physical need. We need to eat. But we're doing this for a spiritual benefit to stay more connected with the Lord, to to sacrifice those times that we would have a specific meal to give that wholeheartedly to the Lord and say, Lord, I would normally eat right now, but you know what? Now I'm going to feast on your word. I'm going to listen to worship music. I'm going to spend time with you where the focus is on you. And this is a spiritual discipline that I think we need to do more often. So if this is your first time fasting, if this is your first time fasting in a long time, I want you to be encouraged. Do with what you can with um, with the time that you're allowed it. Um, I know that there are certain medical um you know, medical problems that some people have. Listen, if you can only fast for one meal, praise the Lord. If you can only fast for two meals, praise the Lord. If you can only fast a couple of hours before we have our Seder meal, praise the Lord. But the, the, the goal is to take that time to release a physical need to spend that 
with the Lord for a spiritual benefit. So fast within reason. But I'm asking that you fast and pray prior to us doing um, or having our Seder meal. And then the third homework assignment is to be ready. Be ready. We will be locking the doors at 715 on Thursday. So I encourage you guys to, you know, come early if you can. Uh, We normally start at 7 p.m. on every other Thursday, but I'm pushing it back just a little bit because I want to give everyone the opportunity to come and be ready because we want to, you know, have an authentic experience as much as we can and get in the mindset of what it would have been like. But also we, we need to understand that some of the guidelines within Passover come from Exodus chapter 12. And in verse 11, it says, now you shall eat in this manner with your loins girded your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Passover of Yahweh. We have to remember when they celebrated the Passover, it was to get ready to leave. They were going to get kicked out of Egypt because of the last plague that Yahweh has sent. So we want to be ready, not only in our preparation, but also as we are there together. So I encourage you, Come early. The doors will be locked. I will not be letting anyone in after 715. So please make your preparations now. If you need to call off work, if you need to make certain arrangements, please, if you plan on being there, go ahead and do that. Um, I'm really excited about this. Uh, I This will be my first time hosting a Seder meal. Um, so be gracious to me as we go ahead and do this. But I think this will be an experience that will benefit us all. Because once again, we're trying to have a proper perspective on this new life in Christ that we have and understanding the old traditions of the Passover as well. So I'm really encouraged. I can't wait. I hope to see you guys there. Um, hopefully we we pack out the room to where we have to move locations at the last minute. That's what I'm hoping. But hey, whoever is there, that's who the Lord allows. And I'm looking forward to it. Now, next Thursday, the Thursday after we will be having a Q&A section. So continue to submit your questions, continue to, um, you know, hit us up on Instagram or Facebook or even email us and we will be answering those questions. I have a whole panel of um, people that are going to be answering these questions. I'm really excited about that. But I I just want to encourage you guys, keep your mindset focused on Jesus this week. This is the the Passion Week and we want to remember We want to renounce and we want to rejoice because we know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, died, rose again, and is still living. So let's praise the Lord for that. Listen, I love you guys. I hope to see you this coming Thursday for our Seder meal. But if not, my encouragement to you, as always, is to stay close and clean to Yahweh, our God.